Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today's episode is the return of the Jedi. He called it himself. Um, Jimmy, not Jedi. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's a typo. Uh, so today's episode is a special episode with one of, the, one of my good mates, uh, Jamie Wright. So Jamie was on episode 177 back in May 2021. So uh, back then, Jamie kind of spoke about kind of eating disorders and how to kind of the difference between eating disorder and all that kind of stuff and then binge eating and restriction on emotional eating all that kind of stuff but because it's kind of around christmas and stuff now that we want to kind of talk about how to manage it how to manage expectations kind of routine how not to feel overwhelmed and pressurized but we're kind of going to talk about it from a little bit of a different element that jamie kind of does on a daily basis which is kind of working with people with eating disorders we're going to make it a little bit more practical to those who doesn't this doesn't mean that it won't help people with eating disorders but those who have eating disorders need and want, and Jamie will talk about it in a sec, have very different needs and different wirings kind of going on. Um, but this is kind of gen- for more general population. So, Jamie, how are we? I'm very cold. <laughs> and very caffeinated. Yeah, very caffeinated, but also very cold. So it's a good mix. I might keel over and die or I might freeze to death please so, don't make for an interesting podcast oh yeah so we'll see what see what tangents and see if uh, what, what no Jamie tangents. goes off this time tangents, no tangents are great no. so Jamie if anyone isn't aware of who the magnificent Jamie Wright is can you give a very very brief elevator pitch on who Jamie Wright is uh, your life's probably better without knowing <laughs> I think I think you're probably wishing you hadn't known your sanity was a bit more intact before. Well, episode one seventy-seven. If you want the full story, but let let let's talk that very very briefly, Jamie. That was pretty modest, though. That wasn't that bad. <laughs> it gets worse. It's unlike you. Behind closed microphones. I don't know what you would call it. On a, um, but yeah, I'm a full-time Ned Flanders impersonator, <laughs> channel tiger, <laughs> ginger mustache. <laughs> No, I am. Um, so I um, I own and run Balance. We're a team of nutritionists and dietitians um, who operate from Northern Ireland and we service clients all over the world. So we work with everyone from people with uh, issues around their relationship with food, like Shane said, people with EDs and people with disordered eating. We help clients manage weight and lose weight successfully over the long term. And we also work with athletes and we've worked with a number of um, very elite level athletes who were actually featured uh, and, and did quite well in the Olympics this past year. So um, it was this year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. God, 2021 seems like a long decade. <laughs> seems like a long long forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's us. That's uh, well, that's me in a nutshell. Um, and yeah, she intolerates me on the odd occasion. So he does. Odd occasion. I'm like an extension of your madness, really. Yeah, you're kind of like the the the, the third, the third the, the third musketeer between myself, Dallas. Um, yeah. So Jean just sh- shaking her head on the outside, looking in, being like, "What am I in? What am I into here?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she questions it every day. I'd say. Um, so let's kind of get into the kind of like the nitty-gritty of kind of what we're going to talk about so from your own kind of experience of working with kind of people on a daily basis what what are you kind of finding the the most fearful impact what kind of christmas is kind of coming up with people obviously we don't know what christmas is going to look like on the south um at the minute i know in the north it's a little mm-hmm. bit different but what are you finding is kind of like that the, one of the biggest fears kind of coming through on your end with clients um I think from sort of what we've seen so far, it's kind of like a three-headed monster at the moment. There's particularly with the uncertainty around COVID. So in in that sense, the theme of control is very important in uh, in individuals with EDs and and disordered eating. And if you want to sort of imagine what that looks like on a, I would sort of imagine what it looks like on a, on a spectrum or a dial where you have someone who has quote unquote normal, behaviors around food and a normal relationship with food 
and you slowly progress that towards an eating disorder on that dial. It's not like an on-off switch that, that sort of comes and goes as you please. It's it's more, it gets louder and quieter. I think that's the easiest way to describe it. And disordered eating sort of falls in in, in between there, um, obviously further towards an eating disorder. Um, so control is an important one, and control is certainly very important for people with uh, issues around food and, and even those with if, um, body image issues as well. Uh, we're also seeing a lot of, I think, sort of what we touched on before, which is, is almost preempting the disaster that's about to, to strike. So it's more this farming of anxiety that's sort of going on at the moment that is eventually going to culminate in low mood state, which is arguably the greatest risk factor in emotional eating is, is your sort of current mood state. Like most people, whenever they're happy, don't tend to, to go and binge or overeat or restrict or purge. But the moment that they feel like shit is the moment that food becomes that coping tool in sort of whatever way they're accustomed to. Um, then I think the, the sort of the third head of, of that monster would be the perceived threat or worry or even the experienced threat or worry of external uh, measure in the form of diet talk or um, I don't want to sound like your classic social media guru, but that sort of whole diet culture and how it factors in and, and sort of infiltrates and, and acts as a bit of a a weed amongst a, a fairly nice garden when it comes to social interactions at Christmas time. There's always that one, usually a, an auntie with a bit of a screw loose who wants to talk about her new diet or how she's freezing her fat cells or has a new toning belt or whatever else manias that she's bought on one of these sort of channels that you find in the 900s on the TV. Um, um, but yeah, that, that can be very um, triggering for people with, with disordered eating and eating disorders as well. So those, that, those would kind of be the three things that I, I feel like we've been encountering the most. Um, but it's early days yet, so the shitstorm could get worse. <laughs> Yeah, I think, a lot people, I think a lot of people are fearful. From our own experience, we've kind of find, find that a lot of people are fearful from, it's not even the virus and stuff that's kind of like people are fearful of. It's like it's, hopefully it's the first proper Christmas in like two years and I was a little different down here, but in that people are kind of fearful of the amount of food that's going to be available. Fear yeah. of dealing with other people's comments because some people have lost weight during kind of the last kind of 18 months some people have gained weight and neither is wrong neither is right it's depending on where the person's at and um, so it's important to kind of wear that it's also dealing with comments on how they look and what they're, they're kind of wearing dealing with comments in general kind of the pressure of having to eat a certain amount of food at the dinner table on the day are kind of the things that are coming forward dealing with the more chocolate around the house dealing with more alcohol around the house and kind of like when to should you continue to diet kind of coming up to Christmas and there's two ends of every spectrum you can't have a discussion if you can't argue both sides and I've always said that to someone it's kind of like it depends on the person that we're working with on a daily basis whether they're at a position if they've just started in November well then we're kind of potentially we're depending on where their headspace is at bring them up to maybe two weeks 10 days before Christmas and then potentially bring them up to maybe the 28th, 29th, depending where they're at and when they, what, what impact their were occasions they have. But one of the big things we kind of spoke about there was dealing with comments about your appearance or your weight or how you look in general. Have you got any little like hidden gems that you kind of use yourself on yourself? Um, because it's all well and good teaching clients how to do it, but what tools do you actually use for yourself? I think that, that like one of the, um, one of the things that I'd like to mention about that beforehand is that very often a lot of us are going back to see our parents. And I think, especially from my experience of working with clients, I find that a lot of our female clients, there's a very strong maternal link to how they've developed their relationships with food and their value of self 
So to go back home, a lot of the, I would just say like the triggering conversations would actually be coming from their mother a lot of the time, which is very difficult to, to sort of work with because it's Irish mums aren't exactly the most open to <laughs> level playing field dialogue. So they're not. So it's hard to establish an ad, a, like a boundary, like a mature boundary, which is sort of one of the things that we, we spoke about in the guide that we released a couple of weeks ago um, was the importance of, of establishing boundaries with people and knowing when it's important to have these conversations to say that that's, I don't want to talk about that um, at home and that's not appropriate and this is how it makes me feel and I'd rather we didn't. And that's not always possible. So one of the practices that I like to follow, um, like you said, sort of in my everyday life as well, and, and certainly to help with clients, is to help them not necessarily react aggressively to someone who wants to talk about that because that's it never goes down well. So it doesn't, especially when you start arguing at a, Chris, at a Christmas dinner about someone talking about their diet because they may be totally ignorant to the fact that other people may be struggling at the table or, or they might just not be that uh, aware of the whole disordered relationship with food and body space that there is. So they, they could be totally innocent and they, and again, our culture kind of celebrates weight loss and, and these things. And I don't think that's necessarily wrong. But obviously, for some people, it can be quite triggering. Yeah. So the things that we say to our clients is not to attack people who want to talk about it, but aim to almost absorb or reflect and redirect that talk. So you're changing your position in the conversation to someone who is being the recipient of things that are going to make you upset and possibly lead to the behaviors that you're trying to avoid you're taking that and you're putting yourself in the driver's seat and starting to steer the conversation towards something that you're more comfortable with so whether that be you come to me shane and you say wow jimmy i've lost six kilos in the last three weeks doing keto and instead of me saying sweet that's very nice or can i get my own stick of butter to snort up my nose um i'd be like that's very interesting shane but how's the new job going or how are you finding moving into the new house or does dallas still broke you in public you know you're just trying to like change the narrative towards something that's away from the conversation that's that's going to send you down that spiral of mania because our minds will start to overwork at that stage and, and especially when we're surrounded by foods that we may not be necessarily comfortable with then we can start to feel because people who i say we like i obviously i had my own history with it for so long but people with disordered eating or eating disorders often interpret neutral conversation as uh, aggressive or judgmental so if someone starts to talk about their own weight loss then that'll be interpreted as well they're criticizing my body because i haven't lost enough weight if that makes sense yeah. so um but yeah i'm trying very hard not to go down on random tangents so shane please keep me <laughs> help me um narrow but i hope that sort of makes sense where it's like no. you have to absorb what they're saying but then redirect it somewhere else not necessarily cutting them off but allowing them that space and yeah. then changing it so that you're the one who's leading the conversation yeah i think that i think that's an important kind of statement and sentiment that you kind of said there like you can change the conversation without like without getting aggressive or without getting standoffish mm -hmm. like you full control of whether you involve yourself in the conversation or you full control over how you react to the situation. Like if it's unsettling you potentially maybe just bring yourself to go to the, to the kitchen, take a couple of big deep breaths in or go outside, just, just take a couple of big deep breaths in if needs be. But if you're changing the topic, 
or you're not comfortable in how you're looking and how you're you're feeling and stuff or whatever it may be or someone else at the table you're sitting with has potentially lost a lot of weight they could have potentially been losing weight in a unhealthy manner um as well so there's two ends of the spectrum on that side of things but it's interesting what you said there about kind of like going back into your potential family home and there's an amazing book with by will store called selfie mm-hmm. and he talks about kind of like we live in a stat he has also another book called status game but he talks about that we live in a hierarchical society and even when we go back into our homes it's kind of like we reserve we revert back into our inner child and it's kind of like we go back into that kind of realm and our kind of parents are put up on like pedestals. We don't even realize that we're doing it, but it's kind of, we go back into our inner child and we kind of feel like belittled or we kind of go back and revert into like being told what to do or what told what to eat. And it's important to kind of say to ourselves that no one can also make you feel uncomfortable with what you're having. Like if, if you're say, if you're a mom is kind of serving up the Christmas dinner and you're happy enough with having one plate, or two plates there's no judgment on any whatever it is you don't necessarily have to eat the next plate or next serving or the next dessert unless you want to mm-hmm. and no one can know what you can say no thank you or i'm actually full i'm going to pause later on for the sandwiches and delay it a little bit more if you want like they'll only get annoyed if they feel insulted but that's also not your concern your concern is your best your own best interests and I think that's important that it's important to have, like Jamie said, the word boundary. Most people don't have enough boundaries in their life. That's why they're pulled left, right and center. And boundaries allow you to be a little bit more self selfish. So you can be a little bit selfless to yourself. So you live on your values. And by saying, no, I don't want the extra portion or I don't want the extra portion of sports or I don't want the extra dessert or whatever it may be. That's okay. There's, you've done nothing wrong. And then, People can also like, are you sure you should be having that extra portion? Or that's another side of it. How do you deal with kind of like the comments of, are you sure you should be having that? Are you sure you're not going to ruin all your progress? That side of things. Yeah, those ones are tough. And I, and I think, again, with that, it's, it's sort of the pre-establishment of boundaries is, is critically important. You know, and I think it depends where it's coming from as well. And, and like I always say to people, it's better to not always rely on reacting perfectly in the moment which hesitant to use the word perfect because i think about perfect differently than others i don't use it as like a measurement for an action i say it's it's sort of the context of a decision so but i'm not going to go down that tangent i'm not to that um but like if you can imagine like a boundary is i heard a really good quote about it not that long ago but i'm going to steal it completely and just Tell everyone I said it. Just cut that little bit from the podcast and just make it seem like this is my original quote. Um, the person said that the, that a boundary is simply this distance of secure space between how much you love someone else and how much you love yourself. And each and every person's boundary is going to be different for each and every person. So the boundary you have between you and your mom might be different than the boundaries you have between you and your friends. Yeah. If that sort of makes sense um and it's not whenever you establish this boundary and you have those mature conversations with someone it's not to be like oh well you're a dick and i don't like you it's i do like you but i don't want to resent you because you keep on crossing that boundary that line with me over time because that's a very cancerous relationship that that sort of stagnates and, and it doesn't get better you know those things tend to sit with you because we you know humans will be able to recollect the harmful experiences a lot easier and, and, yeah. and, and to a much greater degree than they will the positive ones. Um, so I would say, again, I know it's difficult, but establishing those boundaries in advance is important. Um, but then also being firm with that person when they're making those comments as well, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It, I mean, there's a, there's a distinct difference between being aggressive and emotional which comes across you know i think we've all seen that in in person when someone gets a bit worked up and and emotional and aggressive to to, so what's been done or what's been said and it just causes a mess between there's a difference between that and someone being firm and saying i wouldn't like to talk about that this christmas and if the person wants to press further then that's when you have to 
put on your big girl and big boy pants and say, I don't want to have that conversation. You know, and uh, there's no like, there's no magic tip to it. I mean, like I said, we mentioned the the redirect and and divert the conversation away. But if the person wants to persist with that, then you either need to be firm with them or step away from the conversation because you don't owe anyone. <laughs> you know, you don't. They don't have the right to to sort of force you to listen to them. So they don't. No, you and you also so, don't. <clears throat> I think it's also coming from a point of view of you don't need to almost justify your actions either. Like if you want the extra plate, if you don't want the extra plate, you don't just like the simple word of saying, no, thank you. Like if they're pressuring you and pressuring you kind of just take a big deep breath and then kind of say, no, I'm actually okay. I'm I'm pretty full. Like it, it, it can be, I think now probably will be a little bit overwhelming for an awful lot of people because they potentially haven't seen their parents in maybe two years. This could be the first Christmas home in two or three years for a lot of people and they, they're, they're kind of like their parents or their aunties or whoever's cooking or their uncles or whoever's cooking could be on kind of overdrive and kind of like trying to be the host or hostess with the mostess, um, that side of things. And I think it's important for you to say, right, I don't really want this. I don't really need this, but also saying to yourself, I'm just saying the words, no, but I, and, it, and if they get a little bit pushy, you're it's it's going to be hard for you not as jamie said it's it's going to be hard for you to take the emotional bit out of it and kind of like reacting um for yourself it's going to be very very difficult but it's also like if you if they feel offended it's it's not really your it wasn't your intent to do at the beginning but it's also it's it's not your problem if they're feeling offended they're they've created the they've created that status for themselves and that's what they feel that, that that their role in the in the day is. So, like they've created that role for themselves. <laughs> no one else. They put themselves on that mantle. Um, but you also have to say to yourself, "Well, what's my role in today? My role in today is to enjoy it. My role today is to have to feel good, to be able to have a laugh, because we all need a laugh with what's been happening over the last kind of couple of years." Um. Like I know it's going to be easier for them than most people realize, but it, it is about like just it takes less effort to say no than it does yes. Yeah, communication is so important because, like you were saying, there it may not be necessarily their intention to pressure you or to, or to make you feel a certain way because they may be doing it from a place of affection. Because yeah. food's often used in our culture as a means of showing affection. You know, even as a, you know, one of the reasons people develop these these sort of coping relationships with food is because of how it's used in our culture at an early age like you fall you hurt your knee here's a chocolate bar to soothe you know the crying which i it's not necessarily a bad thing but it's not necessarily like it shouldn't necessarily be the only way of of helping a child soothe emotion and that can be sort of where that becomes so problematic is when it is the only you know it's it's never an arm around the shoulder sort of thing but that's again tangent uh (laughs) Um, but again, they may not necessarily be intending um, to sort of pressure you in the same sense. You know, you may not necessarily be intending to be malicious whenever you're responding to them in that way, but that's how they're interpreting it. So both parties are interpreting the message in a way that's not intended. And it's because there's not the communication between the two. And that's so important. Like you need to communicate or else people don't know. Because, like, we exist in our wee bubble where we, we talk about nutrition. We're all nerds, whatever. Like, and, and we we openly express sort of what we've been through. We we sort of we understand, you know, what someone with a, an ED or, or disordered eating looks like, and and how we intend to best manage a situation and all these sort of things. But most people probably exist far out of our bubble, and I know that's hard to imagine because. We all like to hang out with each other on social media because that's like the real life now. Um, can't wait for the meta to drop. <laughs> VR with Shane. Yeah. <laughs> Rub his virtual head. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but most people aren't. They're not in that world. And unless you communicate like that with them, they're not going to understand. And again, it's it's not necessarily your fault that these are the circumstances you're dealt with, but it is your responsibility to do something about them. 
And like I said, that requires putting on your big girl or big boy pants and deciding what action you're going to take in advance, how you're going to manage it, and having the preparation in place and not just hoping and praying that it's going to go okay because that's what's the old saying? You fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Isn't that right? Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. So, um, and that crowd as well. No, I think that's an original for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but it's, 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 it's it's preparation, preparation, communication. Very simple. So preparation, communication. What was the last one that the the, the internet dropped there? Preparation, communication. What was the last one? Just those two. Okay, I stopped perfect. talking. I stopped talking now because it, it did freeze. So um, as I know, one of the things that kind of Dallas is kind of Dallas kind of talks about uh, Dallas. Uh, so if people have been listening to the previous episode of once again, uh, Jamie claims Dallas is Dutch. Um, <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of really nice. South Africans, so it's like it's overlap. Um, Got clogs, <laughs> clogs in Bangkok. Um, one of the things that Dallas has kind of spoken about. He, he did a very good um, video on it recently, and we've created a resource for our clients. Is write out a list of the things that you're. You're, you're scared of happening over Christmas. And what will generally come up is fear of the amount of chocolate that's going to be there or the amount of food or alcohol, dealing with other people's comments, um, kind of like fear of kind of like potentially gaining weight could be one of those that kind of comes up for an awful lot of people, fear of losing control um, from someone who, has, who hasn't got an ED background. I uh, guess it's a very different s- sphere and realm for someone who is coming from an ED background. And then right out in the, on the right-hand column of what 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 mechanism have you got in place or what tool have you kind of learned or what tool have you got in place for those? And you'll realize that the vast majority of things that you fear, you have full control of. And that's where a lot of people kind of like don't realize, especially the clients that we work with on a daily basis is you you know what to do on a daily basis. It's just about using the tools that a little bit more often than you potentially do at the minute. And if you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed by other people, what can you do? You can take a big deep breath and saying, right, what do I need from me? Am I acting like the person I want to become? That side of things can be can be acted upon. If it's from, right, there's a load of chocolate on the table. Well, right, I'm going to have a couple of sweets, see how I feel afterwards. And if I want more, I'll have more. If I don't, I don't. But this is this is making sure that's coming from someone who's potentially emotionally leading or someone who's just potentially enjoying Christmas. And there's nothing wrong with either of those. But if someone's coming from an ED background, which we're not talking about today, because that's a very, very different realm, it could be a little bit different. And Jamie does that works with his clients uh, a little bit on that side of things or a good bit on that side of things. But it's kind of coming from like you have full control over the things that you're fearing. And if, if someone's kind of fearing gaining weight, over Christmas the thing is you're probably going to gain weight over Christmas and I can wholeheartedly say I'm looking forward to it (laughs) I'm looking forward to a first proper Christmas first kind of time gone at my brother's home in like two years for Christmas having that little bit more food having a little bit more quality street Viennetta the Christmas dinners all that kind of stuff but also enjoying keeping the routine and this is one of those things that you talk about in your resource that you have for sale at the minute jamie see plug um it's good plug thanks appreciate it um you talk about routine can you kind of talk about the 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 the, 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 the tool and then the resources up yeah i mean the resource is pretty straightforward it's, it's more like a practical worksheet for people to work through it's very and, good um, i think like to me, routine is is so boring, but so important, you know, and no one wants to really invest an awful lot of time in setting up a routine, but a routine is essentially your blueprint for who you're going to become. You know, the things you do on a day-to-day basis are far more important than a one-off occasion. And this is the, this is the, the hardest thing to convey to someone who struggles with emotional eating is that that momentary experience is not a true reflection of who you are as a total person in a way uh but it's it's because that is such a there is such a, an emotional weight to that moment that it almost drowns out everything else 
and that it, it's like a wave crashes over them and they believe well i am that and i am not all these other things that that i do on a day-to-day basis and that's a hard hard thing to really put into words unless you've experienced it like i understand what i'm talking about because i've lived it for yeah what like 10 15 I, years. I can only understand it from a kind of like a research point of view um yeah. but i can't understand it from a like i can learn how to kind of get clients to practically use it but i can't understand the actual feel of overwhelm on the angst that may someone may be experiencing um from that side of point of view um but i think what you said there is a bit of a sentiment is it doesn't make you less of a human for feeling these things and it's like well are you judging yourself any less than you would potentially judge someone else from experiencing the same things? And that's when we're painting ourselves with a different brush compared to someone else. You kind of have to stop and say and reassess, like, why am I being hard on myself for something that can be something quite small and it can be a one-off in maybe 10 days or whatever it is or 10 meals or whatever it is. It doesn't necessarily have to go on and on and on if you're not like if you're coming from an emotional emotional eating background it's very different from a binge eating background because binge eating is it's like an almost outer body experience mm-hmm. um which i don't think i like i i haven't had it um i'm fortunate enough not to have had it but i know from your own point of view you had um i've had issues with kind of food and stuff how do you kind of catch yourself now like how will you handle christmas yourself i think for me it's it's different so i don't know if i want to speak to my own experiences because i've you don't want a comparison thing coming in yeah i'm i I think everyone's journey is a bit different yeah you know so the how i manage it may be different than how others would best manage it the same way that like why posting what i eat in a day It's maybe not the best idea for, you know, giving out nutrition advice. Um, but I think like everyone wants there to be this secret to, to getting there. And no matter there, what isn't it is. one, there isn't one, do you know what I mean? Like it's the distance between who you are and who you'd like to be at least in relation to well you could probably say this for a whole lot of aspects of life but at least in terms of your nutrition and and sort of your overall health and fitness is you have to accept the responsibility of being your own problem solver that's what you have to do you know because all you're experiencing are problems so how do you solve them you don't like see if you when you're like we talked about how you shouldn't judge yourself based on the moment like if you if you're someone who drives all the time right so you're a good driver you drive all the time imagine you stalled one time and all of a sudden you think you're the shittest driver on the whole planet you know like that's you wouldn't do that do you know what i mean you'd be like oh when i stall there oh it's because i you know the clutch came up and i didn't have enough on the accelerator so uh, don't do that next time you know but so why can't you do that with something else why can't you problem solve in this? And it's because we get so caught up in the the emotional bubble that surrounds it. And it's very difficult to step out of that, which is why I say to a lot of people, what's probably holding you back an awful lot of time is because you're trying to do it on your own. And you're taking on other people's problems as you're doing it, which only further impacts your mood. So you feel shit all the time. And then you're wondering why you're using a coping mechanism to make yourself feel better. Lack of boundaries. Problem solved. Stop being a dumb dumb. Problem solved. But yeah, I mean, I, like for me, it was just like I did everything wrong. So that's where I learned. You know, I learned more from making mistakes. But whenever I first started and committed to not wanting to be that way, which was weird for me because I didn't really have anyone who told me, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> it's not normal to to eat that amount of food and then try and make yourself sick. Like that's 
that's not what most people do. Um, but that's probably one of the worst things about living with it is that you know it's not right, but that doesn't stop you from doing it. So, um, yeah, but again, tangent. Come on, Shane. You're supposed to control me. Control me. There's as much chance of controlling you as my hair growing back, Jamie. Can I put money on that? <laughs> Work away as long as my bank account is. Um, the <laughs> Shane Walsh Fitness. The Shane Walsh Fitness. Um, must, must be the guy over in uh, the Nigerian lottery. Um, I what hear about you in fibers? <laughs> what about the importance of support um oh yeah that was good that was what i was talking about before i got derailed um yeah support is essentially like our if if all that emotion's building up and it's if you see it as like a bucket of water right it's going to start spilling over so unless you have maybe another bucket of water or another empty bucket and then other buckets you know so that's your support system so if you can empty out some of that water into those other buckets which is essentially like having someone you can talk to and not not like the person who you talk to and they react with some nonsensical bullshit you know advice because that's unhelpful because the chances of you having thought about that a million times over are more than likely the goal of having a, a person that you can trust to support you is someone that just listens you know that's your empty bucket to pour into because it's not coming back at you it's just someone who's willing to take that on and be like okay you know and, and they're listening it's not necessarily always what's been said but they're also listening between between the lines a little bit and what's not been said you know and that's i guess as a coach that's sort of what we do as well you know it's not always what's been written down or, or sort of what's been what's been vocalized but it's, it's often the things that are left unsaid that you need to be I don't know if this is the right way to put it but to be listening out for the most is because that's sort of the true story in between um it's very hard to find and i wish i had like a good <laughs> a good uh recommendation for how to do that with 100 percent accuracy but it's a lot like a dating app where you just kind of have to keep swiping through the people who aren't so great until you find the right one um, but unlike a dating app you can find a couple um unless you're kind of into that sort of non-monogamous relationship no judgment uh, <laughs> but is that even the right word non-monogamous what is, what is it is that right you're asking the wrong person don't know if you like to get about <laughs> <laughs> you like to act big lad on campus or big girl on campus um, the what about kind of like this is probably coming out like maybe two weeks before Christmas, this will be coming out. Oh Lord. So what I what I've seen from people, and I know I've done this myself, is I'm gonna diet right up until Christmas. And mm-hmm. this is this is a a thing a lot of people can kind of fall this trap that a lot of people can fall into. And if you're working with a coach and they haven't given you a plan B or something like that to kind of help you manage Christmas or please like if you, if your coach hasn't like go and ask them for it and have, if they don't give you one, get a new coach. Um, and that's me being 100% full on arsehole there. I really don't care. Uh, but she ends always about that drama, honestly. But it's important. Like, don't be dieting yourself up until like Christmas Eve and then having a heap of pints of your mates and then overindulging for like four or five days and then beating yourself up from like the 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th. And then we're starting a silly diet on the first, second or third of January. Like look back at what you've tried before. And I would say that sounds like some people's Christmases of what I've just said. Has that helped you or benefited you in any way? The answer is no. Obviously, this is coming from a non-ED background that I'm talking about before this triggers someone. Um, that caveat always has to be said. So probably don't diet 
yourself up until right up until Christmas. Potentially bring yourself up to, if you're not counting calories, bring yourself up to three meals, three snacks, or two, three meals, two snacks. If you're counting calories, bring yourself up to maintenance, whatever that is. And maintenance could be to say if someone's at 1800 calories a day, that could be up to, I don't know, an extra three, 400, 500 calories, or it could be a little bit more depending on how much freedom you want to do. But if you're going to step on the scales on the 1st of January or the 27th of December, 26th of December, and expect it not to go up, you are going to be kind of, you're potentially going to be irritating yourself. You're going to be disappointing yourself in the language that you're going to be using towards yourself when you've done nothing wrong. It's like what Jamie spoke about earlier. It doesn't make you less of a person for putting on weight. It probably actually mixes you in with the vast majority of what's going to happen at Christmas to the majority of us. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. It's normal. Yeah, whatever normal is. Whatever normal is. And as brutal as it does sound, the only person who's going to be overly concerned about that is you at the end of the day. You know, and I think each and every person's relationship with weight and why it may mean something to them beyond what it should is different. But I would begin to do your best to separate yourself from it. And one of the ways that I find that helped me, aside from I don't rarely ever step on the scale, sometimes out of curiosity, but not out of some people use it as an extension of a bad day and claim that it's curiosity, which is nonsense because it's not. It's like, well, I burnt my hand on the fire, so now I'm going to go and jump in the bath with the toaster. Um, Mine's out of curiosity because I sometimes like to see the difference in my weight when I'm sort of fueling myself for performance or if I'm doing a different exercise schedule or whatever, because I guess I've started to view my body as, well, it's part of me first and foremost. So it's interesting to see how far I can go with it and what I can get it to do, which is exciting for me. You know, I treat it as a bit of a science experiment. Um, But I would say one of the things that kind of hit home for me, because I'm very simple, I know I use a lot of big words like non-monogamous, which may be made up possibly. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things that like sort of really resonated with me was to not let your happiness and state of self-worth be dictated by something which changes every time you take a shit. You know, because that's insanity, really. If you can take a poop and be happier, like taking a poop's fun. Like taking a poop's great if you're a dude. Girls probably like it too. Do you know what I mean? But girls don't poo or fart. I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry, that's correct. Yes, uh, that's physiologically impossible. So girls have to suffer and not poop. Um, so I don't know what a girl equivalent would be. Tangent. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ask Gwyneth Paltrow and see what she knows. Uh, she probably has a jade egg for that. Um, <laughs> but oh. if you're if you're if your self-worth is based on a number which changes every time you do a number two or even a number one then you probably need to start and explore that relationship why it means so much to you and why your entire sense of worth and value to other people is dictated by that arbitrary number but it's the big thing with that is it's been learned from somewhere and when you ask people it's like well that's what, the, that's what certain slimming clubs have taught me or told me. But that wasn't the reason why you potentially went to that slimming club. It's because of other people's comments, potentially, or parents' comments or grandparents' comments or relatives or something like that had kind of said to, oh, you're looking, you're not looking X way, or you're not looking a certain way, you should go and, and you're feeling insecure about it. So potentially it's from... It can be from trauma as you can't, you, you're, you have amazing posts on like the likes of perfectionism and stuff like that regarding trauma and stuff. But if you're like, the, I, I don't know if you came up with this quote as well, Jamie. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Come up with most things. Let me uh, hear it. Let me hear it. Um, the least interesting thing about you is your weight. Yeah. No, that's probably what I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, So if you can't get sarcasm, guys, you're listening to the wrong episode. <laughs> Um, but like I think it is like when when people are stepping on scales, and if you're if you're not having a Jamie said amazing there, like if you're having a bad day and 
you're looking to for a validation to say, well, I've had a bad day, so I deserve to go and eat this. Or you're waking up in the morning not in a great mood and then you're expecting the scales to kind of give you the validation to say, right, go this way or go right or left, either restrict or I'm going to overeat. That's not what the scales is for. The scales is there as a metric, a metric between you and gravity at any one point in time. As Jamie says, it's as... Uh, if you're not as fragile as you going to take a shit and you will you will probably drop down on that scales. But then you have the option of you could go the option of weighing in every day and understand it's going to be fluctuations. Girls and women, um, your weight is going to fluctuate at different times of the month, which I don't think, unfortunately, many realize that it's going to fluctuate every uh, compare your like weeks with your like weeks. I don't think a lot of women realize that. And when it does, it's almost freeing. This light bulb goes off. It's like, how have I never been taught this? But it's important to say to yourself, like, am I stepping on the scales for the right reason? Am I doing this for the right reason? Am I stepping on the scales as a as a as the only metric? Am I stepping on the scales as to beat myself up so I can go off on a have a little bit more food or go off and the whole thing's fucked or whatever it may be? Or am I doing this out of so I can restrict myself and looking for a validation? And then that gets a little bit kind of gray area of like, where are you looking for, looking where your validation is coming from? Are you looking to look a certain way for other people? Are you looking to eat a certain way to be, get comments from other people? When the only person you really have to believe and trust is yourself. And then the element of food guilt and guilt about Christmas kind of comes in. And guilt comes from the whole term of you've done something wrong. Last time I checked, having fun at Christmas, whatever that looks like for someone, there's nothing wrong with doing that. So it's kind of, yeah. I agree. Wow, that's first, James. I think, you're, I think you're waiting for me to say, I agree. And I was like, I agree. Well, <laughs> I agree. I mean, that uh, sounds logical, you know, having fun at Christmas. I don't know. Some people, I don't know, you know, you could argue, but, you know, generally speaking, I think maybe a little bit of fun at Christmas, but mainly, mainly we have to, you know, stay grumpy, I think. Maintain that persona, social media persona. Yeah, the, the Scrooge look, the Scrooge, Scrooge. Um... You can be Scrooge. I'll be Grinch. Me and the Grinch have very similar looks. I think if you paint yourself green a little bit more, yeah, you actually are wearing me. green as well. I'm actually wearing uh, what is that? That stuff foundation. Normally, my skin is quite green. Uh, but I'm wearing foundation just uh, for the podcast. Just nauseous from just being yeah. for the audio podcast. I'm wearing foundation. <laughs> I'm also wearing aftershave just in case you could smell me through the mic when smell of vision comes out in 2022. God help me then. <laughs> <That's not gonna laughs> but what what's your kind of the, like the last question, Jamie? What's your whole thing of kind of like getting away from the guilt around Christmas and stuff like that? That from a non ED background. I suppose it's it's again. I don't know. I, I kind of have the same kind of answer for every one of these questions, but it's up. It's it's our guilt is individual. Yeah. So it's learning where that guilt's coming from. Like, why do you? How, would you, how would you explore that with someone? I get them to see it as as like an onion. So like, guilt is the outermost layer. So then what you're doing then is you're going back the ways you're layering back down to figure out why. So I'm feeling guilty about this action. Well, why do I feel guilty about that? Well, because it's to do with this. So I know, but why, why that then, you know, so say for example, so I feel guilty about having chocolate. Well, why do you feel guilty about having chocolate? Cause I'm going to put on weight. Why do you feel guilty about that? Changes in weight. Well, because people will judge me. Well, why do you think people are going to judge you? Uh, because my parents, you know, said I was X, Y, Z and threw me into a swimming club when I was 12. You know, so then you're working all the way back to see where that started from. So it's, you're trying to throw another metaphor in here for you, Shaney boy. I'm not charging for all these, by the way. I've thrown in quite a few, but I'm not charging, you know. Keep the invoice into the five transfer. figures today. Yeah, five figures today. <laughs> um, but like, see if, if, like your house started flooding full of water. Do you get mad at the water and, and just focus on that? Or do you try and find pipe that's burst and sort that out? Like logically, you're always going to look for the pipe. You're not going to start effing and jeffing at the water, hoping that will go away because it doesn't do anything. You know, so 
guilt is a guilt is a complex one because it's sort of it it starts off as often for a lot of people it's it's like a singular moment or a conversation or something which then gets compacted and twisted through experiences in life so sometimes it can be quite difficult to to figure out where it came from and then even just because you've you've sort of discovered where it comes from that doesn't necessarily mean that you just poof and it goes away you know it takes time to unwork that you can only really start to unwork it when you understand what it is because then you can challenge it you know because there's there's an irrationality to that guilt but how can you rationally challenge it if you don't know what's causing it do you get what i mean like it's I, I I like the I like the analogy of the house flooding and kind of like you don't blame the water you kind of you need to get to the actual root of where that actual leak is coming from and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people can confuse guilt and actual an actual feeling as guilt isn't the feeling there's something else in that onion that has got you to where that where that feeling is and it's kind of understanding that beating yourself up also hasn't got you anywhere before so why continue with that behavior potentially because it's easier than actually giving yourself the credit that you deserve for fueling yourself, giving yourself that little bit more food, potentially still going with your training. If you are decided to go through your training over the, over Christmas, I know myself, I'm enjoying to look to having a little bit more food so I can push myself in my training and get my strength up. Like that's my goal at the minute. It's nothing to do with aesthetics. Like I dropped my training because when I was writing the, the book for the last month I just didn't I just the stress levels just kind of I had to prioritize the book unfortunately um but like I don't beat myself up for not for not doing it if you want to train train if you don't want to train don't train but also try not to get caught in the loop of well I've eaten all this yesterday so now I know I have to run it off mm-hmm. you're not running off anything the difference is you're listening to your own voice whereas that voice of guilt is someone else's but it's yeah. often miscon Misconfused. Well, I'm misconfused because I can't speak English. It's often confused for our own because yeah. we—that's our lived, our lived belief. You know, we experience that often. We experience at a young age, or like we talk. It really just depends. There's so many reasons why. You know, often it's severe trauma or yeah, yeah. modeling at a young age, whatever X Y Z. There's a whole lot of them. Um, but it's not. It's essentially it's not our voice, but it's it's. Like I said, it's become compacted and warped along the way to the point where it feels like it's our own voice because it's all we've lived with. It's the irrational voice. It's kind of like if you ever is a chimp paradox. I think that's uh, that your autobiography. No, I think that was Stevens. It was Stevens, wasn't it? Yeah. But he talks about kind of the irrational voice and the irrational voice and stuff, and it's kind of I don't know if some people can listen to the irrational voice more so because it's it's be, it's been their way of of kind of thinking for a while and they they hard to they find it hard to as as Jamie has said like they find it hard to discredit one and credit one and find the difference and that's where the polarity kind of lies for some people it's kind of like potentially if you have the tool of potentially writing it out and write and say well what's fact and what's an opinion you'll find an awful lot of things that you're doing on a daily basis are more often beliefs which are thoughts. And then the actual emotions are where the truth is and where the feelings are. And that's generally where the gold is. When the beliefs that we have about ourselves are more often than not based on a reality that is not even ours or based off perceptions of what we think we need to be to society, which is what most people don't realize that most of our perceptions of what, what we believe are based off what we think we should be to others and what we think others want from us. So when what lands for someone, it's like, well, why do you think you should need to, like, as Jamie has said, well, why do you think you need to lose weight to be accepted by society? But that, and that, that has a flaw already in that, that would mean that no person who's carrying weight can be accepted by society. And then when that trigger goes off in their head, it's like, oh, okay, that means that that actually doesn't make any sense. Uh, so why is that one rule for one person and one rule for another person? And it's so strange because if you think about it, this is when we go galaxy brain mode and start thinking about it a bit too much because we're cool like that. If you think about it, like the critical voice is actually rooted in 
love for yourself as well because it's a means of protecting yourself from you know it's just coming from the wrong place you know it's 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 on your side as much as the rational voice you know so if a critical voice is trying to guilt you away from a behavior it's because it thinks that's what it needs to do to protect you from the thing that it's afraid of losing so if you're say for example if if the issue like i said was chocolate which leads to weight gain which leads to i don't know loss of validation loss of attraction loss of love you know there's a fear that you don't want to be alone so then the route back to that is well if i if i guilt myself away from the chocolate then that means that people will find me attractive still love me and i'll still be validated you know whereas on the flip side of that you can also have that from the rational voice too but the irrational voice is much louder because it tends to come like on a megaphone yeah it like screams in like one of those kamikaze planes sometimes you're just like oh my god and then it's 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 like it's so overwhelming you know and often it's sort of matched with that fight or flight response too whereas the rational voice comes from a place of stability and and sort of reasonable self-control so it doesn't seem as i compare you know it to, I, mean? I compare it to kind of like if you're crossing the road so the rational voice will tell you to look left right and center the irrational voice tell you to run across the road like a kamikaze pilot without looking at the traffic. Mm. But over time, you've taught yourself to look left, right. And plenty of the time that you don't do it, you'll probably get a beep. Or the dog has run across or something like that that's kind of run across. So kind of like every every single one of us have these kind of like the voices. And I love the fact that I think the sentiment they brought in there that love is at the center of it all. I think that brings it in while what Christmas is. So did there, Jamie. Yeah, you're like, this must be why you're the Shane Walsh fitness of the <laughs> podcast fame. How do you do it, man? I talk bullshit and hopefully something sticks. Um, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, Paul Daniels. Um, so Christmas is kind of like people are trying, like, <laughs> people are trying to. Lie. People are getting you to have dinner because it's an occasion with family. People are putting more food in front of you because they believe it's like they're trying to help and they're trying to do it out of love and support and all this kind of stuff. People are making comments because they feel it's supporting you, but it's probably, it could be not supporting you. People are having a little bit more food because it's a social occasion because love is at the center of it, drinks, et cetera. But everything, I don't think a lot of people realize that when a lot of the things that we're trying to do on a daily basis is, is like at the center of it is, is love is that like, that's the one thing that we all feel at some point in our lives but it's just that sometimes it's lost a little bit of focus and the center of it is us and that center sometimes can be pulled to the left or to the right and it's about finding that center for the individual and i didn't think we were going to go off on a philosophical tangent uh, that we have so hopefully people are picking up and figuring out what we're talking about you know me i'm a philosophologist so i can do it Anytime. <laughs> Rest dressed as Ned Flanders. <laughs> well, you know, the mustache is also fake. I should probably preface that. So. It's attached to the glasses. Um, so, Jamie, I, I can't thank you enough. I think we've gone, kind of gone off on enough tangents here. So, I think the big thing of it is with, with Christmas is you can have a little bit more food. There's nothing stopping you. If you enjoy it, have it. If you're looking to push, punish yourself out of and the training and stuff afterwards, you need to look at yourself. Well, what are you punishing yourself for? For having a lovely time with family, having a lovely time with uh, friends. And we just had a visitor. Jamie's dog has just walked in. Um, so we hear barking in two seconds. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think I think hopefully something has landed with, so with someone on, on this. If you, want, if you are coming from an ED background, Listen back to episode 177. Reach out to Jamie. Jamie has a resource, which is amazing. And I'll put that into the show notes so people can have a look at it, how to manage Christmas, how to manage binging around Christmas. Difference, understanding the difference between emotional eating and, and binging is, is imperative. Emotional eating is you could stop if you want. You just choose not to. And binge eating is you lack, a completely lack of control and you have an out-of-body experience. There are overlaps, but they're two very different entities. And it's imperative that you know which one you're falling into. So Jamie... Where can people find out about yourself, uh, Balance, and on the gram? You can find us 
I say us because there's more than just me. And no, I, don't, 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 I don't talk about myself in third person like a like a freak. You can find Jimmy at w- <laughs> <laughs> uh, at www.balanceie.com, and you can find me on Instagram at Jimmy's Diet Guide, and you can find our business at balance underscore ie. And if you want to check out the other coaches who are actually much more presentable and intelligent than I am, um, you can check out Lisa Waldron, dietitian. And you can also check out L. Kelly, nutrition. L spelled E-L-L-E. I thought it was Ellie Kelly, but it's not a tell. Ellie Kelly. That's why she she originally got the role. I wanted to call her Ellie Kelly, but... (laughs) Uh, Jamie I can't thank you enough for because I think we went down a, a tangent that we didn't think we were going to get in but I think it's uh, I love having these chats because it kind of makes you think about things a little bit more uh, so hopefully this is hopefully someone has kind of like someone with this has landed with someone um, if you haven't got a plan B or a strategy or anything like that from your coach ask for it if you're feeling a little bit nervous around Christmas and if they don't give it to you but then you're entitled to it bring yourself up to maintenance bring a little bit more meals in you're probably if you enjoy christmas it's it's a weird one this year uh, breathe don't be afraid to say no and no one can make you feel uncomfortable unless we give them permission to so yep. jamie thank you so much for coming on cheers Shane. remember everyone prepare communicate and then i'll add one extra and is to reflect and that's your problem solving I love that. so you can only learn from something after you've experienced it don't beat yourself up just reflect don't beat yourself up and we did a great job of not offending anyone or I didn't even mention about punching but this time <laughs> damn it we got through nearly an hour <laughs> and I'm sorry